Hi, uh, it's uh, iBookBindings podcast. Uh, I guess it's already a sixth episode. And uh, today we have as a guest a bookbinder from Norway. Inger, I, I, I first thing I wanted to ask you to tell us how your name and surname are properly pronounced. Because when I talked about you during the last episode, I, I'm sure that I, I absolutely butchered your surname because I have no idea how it should be properly pronounced. So can you tell us, please, how, how your name should be pronounced? Of course. You pronounced my first name very good. My name is Inger Juvi. I'm 65. I live in Stavanger, southwestern part of Norway. I am, I've been a, a teacher at the college for 28 years, doing graphic design on uh, programs. Earlier, I also taught drawing, color, even comics. And my hobby, or should I say passion, is bookbinding. I'm very happy that, uh, I'm very glad that you you, you uh, invited me, Stefan. That's what's an honor. You honored me before with a page of my books. I'm very, very happy for that. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure just to, you know, to look at your works and uh, to, to prepare the post because I had to browse through many of your bindings and your works and uh, all the small details. Uh, it's often so beautiful. So <laughs> it was my pleasure to, to post about you. Thank you so much. And also joins us from Moscow, my co-host Pavel Voronin. Uh, he will uh, also take part in this discussion and uh, hopefully will ask some questions. Uh, uh, so hi to you, Pavel, as well. Hello, Pavel. I spent like four hours yesterday browsing uh, what internet has to say about you and only good things from what I could find and, uh, and I was very impressed too, so I have quite a few questions for you. Thank you. Excuse me, can I ask uh, Pavel, where do you speak from? I'm currently in Moscow. You're in Moscow. Yeah. You already mentioned that bookbinding is your passion, uh, but uh, you have a lot of experience in teaching. And I introduced you uh, in the post on Facebook and Instagram as an amateur bookbind bookbinder. But I understand that you have some experience in teaching bookbinding as well. I have. I did some courses in uh, bookbinding uh, many years ago, and, and, and I really enjoyed it. And my students, they were uh, uh, mostly artists in some or, or another way. So they had the feeling with the, the color, with the contrast and all that. And that is very important thing when I work with a design book binding. And that's my passion to create a book binding that reflects the mood of the binding. The reader shall feel what the book is about. So uh, I started up with a repair book binding. And then uh, some years ago, I discovered there was a thing called design book binding. And that fitted me very good because I'm a graphic designer. I love books. Uh, and I love color, and I uh, really took for it. It's not so many years ago since I started it, but uh, it has evolved, and I uh, enjoy it more and more. I've been a teacher for 28 years. In one year, I will retire, and then I will uh, hopefully have more time for my bookbinding. And I guess that's 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 a matter of terminology as well, because uh, uh, when when I spoke about uh, about you being an amateur bookbinding, I I meant that uh, bookbinding isn't the craft you earn money from. It's uh, something that you do for 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 pleasure. You make books as gifts, and uh, it's it's not about level of competence. It's about business or work approach to the craft. That's not something that sustains you. So far, I have sold very few bindings. No design bindings, just a few more simple bindings. And earn very small money on repair work. Maybe I, um, as I said, in one year I will retire. 
and uh, hopefully have more time for uh, for design binding. Maybe I will try to sell. It's very difficult to sell one's kids. I feel it's uh, it's my kids. But when I, when I create the book, it's a uh, kind uh, of my uh, kids. Also, I, uh, I still feel that I'm not. They're not good enough uh, yet as a uh, what to call a piece of art, which I call design book binding. It's not only a binding, it's a piece of art. And the thing with design book binding is that if you have uh, many copies of one book and you bind them, every binding should be different. You do not make the same all the time. Uh, and what is your ambition for the hopefully many years you have yet to work as a book binder? What do you hope to achieve? I hope to get better and better all the time. <laughs> That, that's the mo uh, main goal, but uh, mostly it's for pleasure. I love to do it. It's kind of my uh, artistic oppression to bind very well and to do it in a way that um, there's no other book that looks exactly like that. And I want my bindings to last for uh, hundreds of years. I use the best of materials and uh, I use the best of techniques. So uh, if you treat it, uh, treat them uh, well, they should last for uh, quite some hundred years. And uh, I like Matisse, who till his last days was saying that he thinks that his best work is yet to come. Who was always hoping to invent some, something new and not just polish his craft, but also try new things. What is your main focus professionally? I mean, what gives you most pleasure when you do some process as good as you've never done it before or when you invent something new when you try something new when you experiment yeah both when i see that the, the last book i bound in every aspect was a little bit better than the one i uh, bound before yes to, to to develop the craft and the art of book binding that's what drives me and as i told on a little mini documentary before i work very much with uh, with the computers in my work at school i always loved to use my hands and and bookbinding is kind of meditative because it is so slow you can't do bookbinding quick you have to to slow down and come into a pleasant bubble if you understand what i mean you forget the world around you when you see the uh, finished book. Hopefully, I, I uh, feel happy. Sometimes I feel uh, I'm not so happy with many things because I guess many of us are our worst critics ourselves. Perhaps you could, you, you could talk a bit more about uh, your passion for design of a book because book binding uh, doesn't just involve graphical design. I mean, what it looks but also how you use the book. Yeah. Is, is there something still to be done about uh, the books? The books have been around for what? 2000 years now. You mean about uh, ex experimental structures of books or something like that? Yes, yes. I mean, uh, is, is there something new to be done about book binding? Not, not just about how it looks, but how you use, uh, use the book. You mean about the structure? Uh, about how a book is uh, built up. Yes. Many, many years ago, I, I read or heard someplace that someone said there are only two inventions in the history of man. 
that was so perfect, it hasn't been possible to do it better. One of it was the wheel, the other was the book. Because the, the structure, the, the, the function of the book uh, has been virtually unchanged for about 2000 years. So uh, there has to be something about it. I see sometimes that some try to experiment with uh, the uh, structure itself, but it doesn't, uh, I don't like it too much. I like it uh, the way it is, but to, 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 to make a beautiful wrapper for it, if you will. Do you think the binding improves the experience of, uh, of reading a well-bound, beautiful book? Does it give you something more? I hope so, or I wouldn't do it. And uh, I have my favorite books to bind. Many binders during history had uh, favorite books that I bound over and over and over again. One of my favorites is a Norwegian edition of Walden or Lake in the Woods by the American Toro. I guess it has been published in Russian too. And uh, another favorite of mine is uh, a book about birds because I love birds. And a few years ago, I um, found especially beautiful artistic books book about birds, written and illustrated by a Swedish ornithologist and artist. And I bound it twice so far. I have five more copies. So I um, I plan to bind more of, of that book. Maybe. And that's the book that uh, that won the prize from Society of Bookbinders? Exactly. And a certain friend named Stefan made a, a stamp from it. Maybe I can uh, show you the two, the two books. Yeah, yeah, that would be really nice. So you understand what I mean with um, binding the same book in uh, different um, bindings? Here is um, the first one. Uh, can you see it properly? There is some some uh, uh, some pattern on 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 the side of the box. Is it right? Some wave yeah. pattern. Uh, there's just on a uh, we, we call it a blind tooling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the blind tooling here comes from the. Uh, okay, so that's mountains. Yeah, mountains. So. Uh, and this, oops, oops. this is the third copy. Yeah, I bound. I uh, uh, of that book. I uh, used um, some beautiful. Um, this is called. Uh, oops, let me see. Can you see? It's called paste paper. Heard about that? Paste paper is <laughs> yes. And they, these papers were made by a good friend of mine in Barcelona, Barta Santos Pinet. She's, a, she's a, an expert in that. And that was one of them. I also, I also was impressed with uh, your uh, colored edges and uh, how they work together with the end bands on your yeah. books. Because you, you often try to continue the pattern from the colored edge to the end band and, and vice versa. So yeah. That's, that's uh, I I um, was inspired of feathers. Yeah. Feathers of birds. That's one. And uh, then we have uh, the other one. The same book, different binding. And they were both made using inlay, leather inlays. 
Yeah, or mostly onlay. The difference between the inlay that, that you cut through the leather and put pieces into it. Onlay is when you use very, very thin leather and paste it on top of other leathers. I can explain you better later if you, if you, if you wish. And do you design the drawing yourself? Or? Yeah, 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 of course. And, and then you uh, manually cut, uh, cut it. You don't use uh, computerized machines for that? I use uh, computers when I design it. First, I start with uh, a pencil and paper and make uh, rough sketches to get ideas done on the paper. I try to make many sketches because it's not true that the first idea you have is the best. Because when you work that way, one idea leads to another and it's important to get fresh ideas down on the paper. If you start on the computer, the program will kind of catch you and you try to, oh, this should be a little bit more that way on this limit. Uh, this comes later. And you can, you can lose the history of the process, which is also important because exactly. history, history brings to more and more ideas and projects. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. important to see, so, see how it evolves. So uh, that's the thing. I also tell my students at the college, uh, always start with pencil and paper to get the uh, ideas quick down. The sketches don't need to be neat or beautiful. Uh, the important thing is to get the ideas down quick and then go to another idea, another idea, and then you can start to, to, to uh, your work can start to evolve. Yeah, and um, I would like to show you here too. I uh, I used uh, this book as you said. Um, actually, more more satisfied with uh, this one. Yeah. And the end ones here are, are even more seamlessly in, included in the, in the yeah. pattern of yeah, the yeah. edge. Yes, they are. And I that's know. the one that, that won the prize? Yep. Could, uh, could, you, could you describe that? Could you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with a uh, postcard from my dear friend Stefan in uh, Leiden. Yeah. <laughs> my, my son said, uh, look, here we have a Russian postcard from the Netherlands with a Norwegian um, book on the stamp. That's, that, that's what I call international. <laughs> yeah. And again, let me say, show you this one. This is again the face um, paper from yeah. Bartel Santos Pinet. I think it matches this book extremely well. Both the colors and the shapes. Here I see um, a forest in snow. I, I don't know if you can see that. Uh, yeah. It, it's, uh, it, it, that paper matches the book extremely well. I really wanted to ask you about the art that inspires you and influences your, uh, your style, because you seem to be working in the tradition of book illustration of late 19th early 20th century. Is it Norwegian art or what do you think of in terms of style when you make your drawings? Many things. I think that I grew up in the countryside. I lived in nature all year round until I was 22. And I spent most of my holidays in my forests and mountains. So no doubt nature inspires me very much. But I will also say that uh, there's a um, style called Art Deco that I find very inspiring. It was a um, design um, style from about 19, 1910 
until uh, 1930, 40. Guess you heard about it. I, I love Art Deco. It's, it's a very decorative. It inspires me. But nature definitely inspires me a lot when I do uh, my uh, bindings. And it's therefore you find um, nature on almost all my books because I... Uh, choose these books to bind. We, we definitely can see that uh, na nature and aspects of nature and elements of nature often are, are parts of your book designs and uh, I think they're always implemented with uh, such love and uh, attention to details uh, that, that that's quite inspiring in, in itself. So, yeah. yeah, thank you. And I think the Art Deco influences are also very prominent because much of your design is about line. Of course, color is also important but uh, uh, the smooth line that runs as long as you can possibly uh, get it to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would would like to show you a little thing. Yeah. See this little booklet? Yeah. It's about, it's uh, 48 pages. It's called Bookbinding for Nämingar, Bookbinding for Beginners. I got this when I was about 12, I guess. I grew up in the countryside, as I said, I had no money to buy any kind of kind of tools or materials, so I had to 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 use what I had. But this little thing was my first textbook in bookbinding, published in uh, 1928, and it it's a little miracle actually. In those 48 small pages, is told all you need to know to make a proper bind. Yep. So this is one of the very best. Uh, you, may not, you may not know it, Stefan collects books about book binding, and especially those older kinds of books with gorgeous illustrations. So perhaps you could scan it and he can add it to his collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think I need to show you something that uh, I also I also have a favorite book about book binding. Uh, just a moment. <laughs> For Stepan, it's a real obsession. He's now well into hundreds of books about books and book book craft. Every time he uh, comes to Moscow, we go to local antiquarian shops. <laughs> he buys everything he can. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's, you, it's more like 2,000, uh, uh, 2,300 books about books or something like that. <laughs> so yeah, here it is, and uh, I guess I guess Inger oh. even can read can read uh, the, the title. Uh, uh, once again, Periplotnyovo. Uh, what was it? Kruzhok Periplotnyovo Dela. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so. Uh, so it's a sort of manual for for teachers of uh, bookbinding in in Soviet schools, and uh, I love this book a lot because it's also quite quite a short book, but then it has uh, uh, all the important things like uh, schemes of tools you can make, uh, knives, and wow. uh, I I don't know presses, sewing frames, and and all that stuff like that. And uh, uh, my you know first what? tools, are, yeah. You're not, what, Stefan? Can you please send me the, the title of that book? Because yeah, sure. I, I have looked for that for years. A, yeah. Russian, a Russian director in bookbinding, because I love the Russian language so much. So yeah. that would be very nice if, if I can uh, find it. I can send you a copy because I have a spare one. Yes? 
<laughs> Thank you. If I remember correctly, it had a print run of uh, thousands, uh, of hundreds millions. of thousands of millions, millions of copies. Yeah. Like everything yeah. in Soviet Union, it was printed in bulk. Yeah, yeah. This is this is. Uh, I'm not sure which print run is it, uh, but this one is 700,000 copies. It's seven uh, second edition. First edition was million and a half, and the third <laughs> <No>. edition was <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 Tot total of two million copies or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It would be, be possible to to uh, to uh, obtain it. And by the way, yeah. uh, I have a very good bookbinding friend here in Norway, and she's yeah. Russian, and she's extremely good at it. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. should meet her when you come, Julia. She's extremely skilled as an artist, as a bookbinding. She she was my star student. Maybe we should invite her as one of our future guests. Yeah, definitely. I, I was thinking about that. Uh, I think I have to ask her first because, uh, or I can send you the name. And yeah. you, you can ask her because she is extremely skilled as an artist and as a bookbinder. She's, she's phenomenal. I, I love a lot that uh, bookbinding is uh, about so many different things. Uh, you told earlier that you mostly prefer the uh, classical structures in, in bookbinding and uh, you are not in so much in favor of experiments and structures. But then uh, during our first episode, we talked with uh, Ben Elbel and uh, on, on one hand, he loves uh, classical structures, but at the same time, he loves experimenting with book structures. And mm -hmm. the beauty of bookbinding is that there is space for all these approaches and Absolutely. for experimentation, for classical approach, you can do Coptic binding like it was done 2,000 years ago and follow all the antique uh, routines and the structure will still be usable and quite good or you can uh, use modern materials and experiments. So I, uh, that's my favorite thing about bookbinding that it's so different in, in, uh, in hands of different uh, bookbinders, masters and uh, uh, artisans. And by the way, you talk uh, right now about uh, materials. Maybe I can show you a little example here. I think you heard of Ivan Bilibin, yeah. a Russian artist. I bound this book, one of the first design bindings I made. Yeah. These wooden panels, uh, it's called a uh, bog oak, you know, in a bog. Mm. Yeah. Not rots, because it's, it's, there's no oxygen in a bog. So uh, it's therefore you can find um, people buried in, in, in a bog that, uh, looks like they have been buried uh, 10 years ago because nothing rots so this kind of wood is 6000 years old the oak grew 6000 years ago and was buried in a bog and um, digged up again and it has a very very beautiful uh, touch to it. it it it's very beautiful colors yeah. and how do you source that where do you find uh, do, did you personally find it or no. Uh, it's a long story, actually. Uh, I have a brother that lived uh, in another place of Norway, uh, and at his place, they drained a bog because to, to make um, arable land on it. And in the bog, they found uh, huge oak logs, and they cut them up. I used them for, for small tables and all that. And I wonder how long had they been in the bog. So they sent the small pieces for C14 dating. You know that C14. They found out that this uh, oak grew 6,000 years ago. That one, and and uh, let me show another one. And I think that uh, the, just the theme of uh, bog oak 
uh, fits uh, Bilibin's uh, style perfectly because he's all about dark forests and yeah. uh, and boggy places. So it's yeah. so, such yeah. a perfect fit. <laughs> That's what I think. I thought. And uh, this one is actually one of the first design bindings I made. It's called the White Nile. Yeah. So here I used, you know what this is? That nope. looks like an eggshell, a bone. No. Think about the Nile. What grows? Oh, pap papyrus? Papyrus? Wow. This is papyrus. So I try as long as I can to use materials that. So it's a thing for you to match materials to the book. Not, not just the drawing. Uh, yes, if I can uh, do some uh, special materials which a, a reader will think about when reading the book. I think it's, uh, I like it. Maybe I can show another one here. I told that uh, I love Russian writers. Nikolai Gogol is one of my favorite. This is a collection of his, um, his short stories. Yeah. Exactly. So this is a Dnieper, and this, this uh, I don't know how much you can see. This is the um, forlorn uh, castle in Strasnaya uh, uh, Mist. <laughs> uh, and here it come, uh, goes from Dnieper and, yeah. and uh, Neva, and here St. Petersburg. Because Nikolai Gogol, he grew up in uh, the Ukraine, and he lived most of his life in, uh, in St. Petersburg. Wow. So here to do I try to 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 uh, yeah. And what is the technique for doing that? How 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 do you achieve that effect? You mean here on the on the areas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Acrylic, acrylic colors. Put it in in press, and and it's quite easy to paint it on. Just be sure that the, the edges are polished uh, or sandpapered, so they are are uh, very smooth. So, yeah. it, so this is this is not this is no uh, magic at all. Uh, it does look a bit like modeling, uh, but yeah. it, uh, yeah. and, do, and do you use uh, gilding? Uh, do no. you work with metals at all? I tried gilding once, and I didn't like it because I I'm not so fond of gold because I think I I like this kind of edge uh, edge decoration better because it can. Uh, tell a little bit about the book. What does uh, some gold tell about the book? So uh, I'm, I'm not fond, fond of gold. I tried it, but um, I don't like it. You told earlier that you started your modern run with bookbinding with fixing some book or books and book repairs. Uh, but then you told us that you are with bookbinding throughout almost all your life since 12 years old. So your current uh, bookbinding experience, when, when did it start? When did these repair projects were made, uh, your first repair projects? Well, as I said, I, I uh, did very simple bookbinding when I was on 12 to 15, 20-ish. And then I was away from bookbinding until I was, uh, let me see, 35 or 40. So it's just about 20 years ago uh, since I started up again with bookbinding. And uh, then it was only repair work for uh, my college's um, library. And, um, and then I um, find, found out I had to learn a little more. There are many good textbooks in, in bookbinding. And one of those books, Chris told a little about... Um, yeah. A little about design binding. And I thought, wow. That looks nice. That's design, and it's uh, it's uh, looks really uh, fascinating. 
So then I started up and, and only with the, with the textbooks, I have learned everything virtually with, uh, with the help of textbooks and uh, trial and error. So that's absolutely possible. So you've never had like a teacher or a colleague who you cooperated with and exchange professional never, never. I have um, very good friends and very good uh, advisors now, especially in Britain. Paul Charles Delroux, thank you very much, Paul. And Glenn Melkin, thank you, Glenn, and uh, others that I can ask for advice. So um, it's very much up to yourself. If you're interested and, and have the uh, possibility and uh, patience, and that's one thing I told my um, students at the bookbinding course. There are two things you have to know. You have to be patient you have to be accurate because bookbinding is very much about that. You can't uh, hurry about in bookbinding. And that's one of the things that I like so very much with it in this hurried world uh, and with so much busyness around. It's uh, just beautiful to, to, to slip into one's uh, bubble of slow bookbinding. I find it rather, uh, rather nice that you, you yourself never needed a teacher and yet you're clearly enjoying being one. So you, you like to teach other people? Oh, sure. sure. Yes, I've been a teacher for 28 years. I, I, I love to teach, definitely. And teaching bookbinding, that sounded rather strange to me. How can you teach a craft? You can only show the basics and then... Absolutely. We start with the basics. And I tell my, my students, you have to buy so and so many books before you have the basics and then you can, you can build upon it. And have many of your pupils gone on to a professional career in bookbinding? Or is it not? So it's not. mostly like it is for you, hobby. Yes, exactly. Uh, you named one of your pupils, Russian lady, but uh, were there any others that you are proud of that you respect as bookbinders? There are, but uh, I'm not so sure if they would like to mention them. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, Paul uh, Delrue and uh, Glenn Malkin. Uh, yeah. They themselves are also amazing, astonishing professional binders. And if anyone is curious, they just should check their accounts on Facebook because both of them post things from time to time. And uh, it's quite amazing to follow them and uh, to, to check their work. It is. And they are also very, very kind and helpful. Yeah, so, that's um, true. Yeah. I want to ask you another thing. I know you said uh, your books are like your children. So asking about a favorite one is probably not a very polite question, but still, maybe there is one you enjoyed making most, or maybe you enjoy handling most now? I think my favorite so far is um, this one, the second bo uh, bird book. I also enjoyed finding three copies of, um, this is one copy, of the um, Norwegian edition of uh, Walden or uh, Life in the Woods, Henry David Thoreau. I guess yeah. it is uh, translated into Russian as well. So I bound uh, three of these uh, with uh, different designs for my three kids. Yeah, this book is also amazing. You you shared some photos of all three books and... Uh... So here also is the... I love the face um, paper of uh, Barta Santos Pinet in Barcelona. And... Um, I also made a um, drawing 
original drawing to be bound with uh, the book, original drawing by myself. Uh, this book is, is very beautiful and very peaceful and, and uh, tells about the uh, joy and peace of being in nature. So uh, one of my favorite books. It's called the Nature Lover's Bible. I, I love how, how you made the leaves on the covers. They create this uh, feeling of space and, uh, and relaxation and uh, nature all in one. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, on all these three books, there are three birds because I have three kids. Okay. So these are, um, the birds are called swifts, my favorite birds. So I think, these are uh, some of my favorite books so far. And were you working on all three at the same time? What is your practice? Do you normally work on only one uh, project or do you have several projects? It depends. Sometimes I have only one book and sometimes I have uh, two or three books uh, and, and uh, different stages. I, I find it quite uh, relaxing to have uh, different stages to work on because sometimes I am in the mood for doing this, another time I'm in the mood, mood for doing that. So uh, it's, it's quite nice to have uh, at least two books to work with at the same time on different stages. And speaking of different, uh, different stages, I know for a book to look perfect, uh, every single stage has to be made right. Uh, yes. Do you still find any of the processes involved difficult, maybe if not difficult, but uh, demanding your concentration most? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it's very correct what you say, Pavel, because in design binding, there are very, very many steps and, and uh, all the steps have, have to be, be made very accurate or you can end up with uh, one millimeter here, one millimeter there, it can end up in a rather nasty appearance. One of the last design bindings I, I made ended up with, uh, I, I was not uh, satisfied with it at all. And uh, I kind of could not understand where it happened. But uh, somewhere in the process, I was not accurate enough. Well, many people wouldn't see it, but uh, I see it. Because I think most of us that work with things like that, we are worst critics ourselves. Yeah, that's true. Uh, do you have anything in works now? Do you have any plans for uh, taking part in any future competitions or something like that? I have. There are two uh, bookbinding organizations in um, Great Britain. Uh, one called Designer Bookbinders and the other called uh, Society of Bookbinders. They will have a um, competition not next year, it has been postponed because of the corona. And designer bookbinders, they have a theme about botanics because they have to celebrate the 400 year celebration, the oldest botanical garden in the world. I think it's Oxford. So uh, both of them will be um, the same book, with, but with, um, of course, with different bindings. Sometimes it's, it's much more difficult to find a theme to decide what to make. For example, uh, it's called Aure, Trout. It's, it's a little silent uh, story about a trout from egg to frying pan. So here it, it, it was, was 
not easy, but uh, not too difficult to choose what to, to make. I had to have, uh, I got to have a trout and some reeds some water and all that. Uh, but I think it's important to show the, the, the back cover as well, because there is this uh, uh, circles yeah. of waves there. And uh, it's such such a beautiful, small uh, uh, detail. <laughs> yeah, 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 then making the design binding. You design, of course, both uh, uh, the front and the back. And the front should be um, nice, and uh, the back, and it should be, it should be, it should work as a whole. Designing the uh, the binding about flowers, it is extremely difficult because you have thousands of flowers. What the heck should you choose? What can you? Uh, there are so extremely many, many, many possibilities. So uh, that's much more difficult to to, to decide. Uh, maybe I can show you a last thing here. This is a book about Viking mythology. Can you see it? So it's Yggdrasil and Odin's Raven. Exactly. You knew it. Very good. And, and the three here, you know that too, Pavel? Yggdrasil. Yes, exactly. And here you see some uh, something like uh, uh, wolf's teeth. It's a Fenrir. The wolf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, I tried to find a book about Greek mythology a couple of years ago. I had to give up for a while because I could not decide what to show on the binding because there are so many pictures that you can use. What? I see that uh, uh, most of your uh, bindings or maybe all of your bindings have uh, boxes as well. Oh yeah, sure, of course. I always do, do boxes for them. Do you <laughs> like the process of making boxes? Uh, is it, is it uh, the... That's okay. Uh, and it's very important to make boxes for, uh, for uh, these kind of, of books because the leather, some of the leathers are not so, uh, what do you call it, color. The light will... Uh, wash away? Wash away with too much yeah. uh, light. So it's very important to, to have uh, make these boxes. That's, that's a good piece of knowledge. Have any of your books ended up in public collections, in museums or libraries, because some, uh, most of them look like they could be there. Oh, only one, exactly. And that was one of the first I, I made it many, many years ago. It was a library here in Stavanger that had a uh, big book about old silverware. And I could, of course, not pay anything because uh, there was not, not money to pay. So I took the bonnet like a, uh, a training. That's the only uh, book that is in, um, in a library. And I guess there is uh, one that uh, handle it each year or something. That's not the point of binding books. I, I do it out of pure joy and interest. And uh, do, uh, do you have any books uh, in uh, your uh, library that you value uh, particularly for their book bindings? Are there particularly spectacular ones? Or maybe made by your friends or something you collected over the years? Not really, no. I uh, could not afford that. <laughs> <laughs> There was a question on, on your Facebook feed about teaching online. Do you have any plans on having any courses in the future, offline or online? What are your thoughts about, on, on that? I actually have one in um, the United States, Barbara. Hi, Barbara. And I, um, I would like to, to, to uh, encourage others 
to make uh, contact with me if they have uh, questions because there are very few that uh, do this and to be a bookbinder especially design binder in norway is a very lonesome job lonesome thing so if there are people interested genuinely interested i am uh, more than happy to uh, to answer if they have uh, questions that's that's so nice of you that's amazing opportunity for many it's a pleasure for me too i guess uh, i'm mostly out of the questions pavel do you have anything else you'd like to uh, ask and to i i wanted you to ask about, uh, about your tools um, most craftsmen have their uh, the tools they really love or something they really value something uh, something they have from a friend or something, they bought something old. A friend of mine uses wood carving tools that are over 100 years old. Or do you make your tools yourself? Uh, where do you get your tools? Because bookbinding tools tend to be rather specialized. Yeah, I was quite lucky. Some many years ago, I worked at another college and uh, we had a very skilled janitor thanks to Narva, and I made a lot of, of tools and materials on my own in the school's workshop. So, Pavel, if you're interested, please contact me, and I can uh, tell you how to find out of it and all that. And uh, I think one of the most important tools in bookbinding, wait, this one, you know what that is? Bone folder. Yeah. I use it yeah, all the time, all the time. I use it all the time, yes. Yeah, and I guess your workshop is uh, in your home or how, how is it organized? You told me that you can send me some photos I can uh, add to, to, uh, to this video yeah, later, so. Uh, actually, so far, all my books I have made at the kitchen table, on my kitchen. Because okay. I have a big room downstairs. In one year, I will retire and I will um, uh, fix it up at the, as a bindery. But as long as I uh, can uh, do bookbinding only in afternoons and in uh, weekends, I would not heat up a big room just for that. So in one year, I will. Uh, I have a lot of uh, lot of uh, material treatment. And one thing that's I will say that when you are interested in a, in a little special thing like this, when you meet the right people, you will get a lot of help because. There are a few of us. And another thing, as a teacher, I can be quite annoyed by Facebook uh, because my students, they uh, go on Facebook when they are supposed to work. But Facebook is a miracle of thing when you work with uh, a thing like this. Because in Norway, there are maybe that many that work with design binding. Yeah. So it could be very, very lonesome. Facebook, they have uh, given me friends all over the world, including Stefan and now Pavel. So um, if you use it the right way, uh, it's a very beautiful thing to use. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I, I continue to be amazed of how positive and welcoming uh, bookbinding and uh, uh, bookish community in general on the internet is because there are a lot of different opinions. There is a lot of uh, misunderstanding and uh, mm. angry stuff on the web. But uh, when you talk with people, uh, people of the book, with bookbinders, with printers, with paper makers, it's just a completely different world. I also have this uh, very special experience because I sell bookbinding tools uh, uh, to many people uh, on all the continents in, in many countries. And uh, uh, of course, when you are selling tools, uh, sometimes there are 
situations when uh, something goes wrong and uh, in 99% of cases uh, people are very understanding they are helpful they are nice and i am always amazed with that and uh, i am always so happy that i chose this uh, niche to work in and uh, these people to 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 talk to and to work with so I absolutely agree about that. <laughs> absolutely, couldn't agree more. I also like the contrast. Uh, how in a in a normal Facebook, you read your friend's page, and it's politics, it's wars, it's problems, it's conflicts, and you yeah. read uh, a bookbinder's friends list, and it's always positive. Pictures of books, papers. I mean. Yeah. Nothing bad happens in this world. This is a wonderful, yeah. wonderful retreat. So if you're in a, in a bad mood one day, just go into a book, uh, book binding page on Facebook. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Pavel, anything else? Um, I think that, that's it. I'm almost out of light. We're, we're talking for more than an hour now, and uh, I think that's... that's uh, plenty of uh, of your time we use for for today uh, but yeah if you if you if you have something you'd like to say Inger, uh, that's also your chance something to add i will say to all the uh, the people that uh, will see this podcast if uh, they think i can uh, help or give advice please be welcome to contact me i'll i'll leave uh, a link to your facebook profile so that uh, people can reach out to you and nice. uh, that's uh, i guess that's it for today you can find all the previous and future episodes of ibogrinix podcast on our youtube channel and on audio podcast services like soundcloud and itunes and uh, google podcasts you can subscribe there or you can subscribe to our newsletter on ibogrinix.com to get all the updates and to find out who our future guests are inger maybe you can uh, advise uh, who, who who can be a, one of our future guests do you have any any book professional book binders you'd like to see on our podcast as, as guests i have mentioned a few already you have yulia she's a russian yeah, yeah. and uh, i can ask her yeah uh, that would be really nice and give uh, sofia a hug from me stefan okay <laughs> okay okay yeah. i'll say hi and i should also say thank you to our patrons on patreon uh, uh, some more people joined uh, the crowd uh, uh, these past weeks and uh, it's it's really amazing that uh, even during these uh, hard times of lockdown people decide to support ibookbinding uh, you can go there and uh, check uh, our collection of dozens of books about uh, books and bookish things and bookbinding and calligraphy and all that stuff that's open for free at least until September. And uh, if you'd like, you can join uh, the crowd of our supporters. Uh, it was funny last week because uh, uh, there were uh, three Russian, uh, Russian-speaking persons on, on the podcast, but we still had to speak English. But uh, I get. I guess this time we can say say bye in Russian with you, with your help, Inger. Пока. Пока. До свидания.